Last week was a bit of a heavy message, and while I don't apologize for that, because I, I believe that it is good for us sometimes to be challenged and to ask ourselves the, the direct and the, the difficult questions, I didn't want to just leave it in that place of where I left it last week. I don't think it's right for us to put out um, a word that asks for us to examine ourselves and just take stock of where we really are, and then not bring some hope and some encouragement. Sorry, Stephen, it's feeding back a little bit. Thank you. So today I want to carry on talking about faith, um, but I want to bring some balance and, and hopefully some encouragement um, to us today. If you went here last week, we had a look at the fact that faith is more than just what we believe. It's more than what, just what we say. Faith has to have an action to it. That really faith is saying, I believe it, now let me prove it. Let me prove it through my actions and the way that I walk through what, I, what it is that I say that I believe. In Hebrews 11, the great chapter of faith, the, the writer lists all these great heroes of the Bible and describes their incredible acts of faith, the things that they both believed and the things that they did that separated them from the rest of the crowd. It says that by an act of faith, Noah built a boat when there was no water. By an act of faith, Abraham left his native land and um, said yes to the call of God and traveled to a foreign land as we've already looked at today. By an act of faith, Moses gave up his rights and his privileges um, of Egyptian royalty and took on the rights of a slave, looking forward to the future promise that God had for him, not worrying about his current struggles because he knew fully what lay ahead for him. And the list goes on and on and on about these great men and women of faith. But the chapter finishes off by saying this, Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us, that their faith and our faith would come together to make one complete whole, their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. That basically Hebrews 11 is waiting for us. It's waiting for you and me. It's waiting for us to add our acts of faith to the equation in order to complete this incredible story of faith. And the challenge is for us to understand that faith says, I believe it, now let me prove it. That even though I don't see it, even though I can't see it in the natural, even though sometimes I don't really feel it, but I walk by faith and not by sight. And so that was Hebrews 11. And so today we're going to have a look at Hebrews 12, still talking about faith. And I'm reading from the message version of the Bible because Hebrews 12 is such a well-known scripture, but sometimes we can just read it over and over because we've heard it so often. So I'm looking at the message just as a, a slightly different look to the story. It says this, Do you see what this means? Talking about the list of heroes that we've read in Hebrews 11 and that we need to add our part to the story. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, this exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. And when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through 
that will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Amen? Sometimes we need a shot of adrenaline into our souls, don't we? See, so last week, while what was re- it was really about understanding what faith really is, this week I want to have a look at what faith does for us and how it works in our lives. As you know, we moved house recently, and there's nothing like the prospect of moving house to, uh, and shifting all your stuff from one place to the, another to motivate you to really question why you have the things that you have. It's a great motivation for us. It's like I haven't used it in six months. It's out. I'm selling it. I'm giving away. I'm throwing it in the bin, whatever. I just do whatever I can so that I don't have to shift it from one place to the next. And the wardrobe's the worst, isn't it? The wardrobe's always the worst. How many of you said this? Yeah, I'll fit into that again one day. Come on, let's be real. How many of you have us have said, yeah, that'll come back into fashion one day? It usually does, but that's about 30 years. It's a long time to hold on to a piece of clothing. Flares are never going to come back. Can I just say that? You can throw them away. They are never coming back into fashion. Just throw them away. <laughs> and so we keep this stuff in our, wardrobe, in our wardrobe, but we never put it on. And sometimes faith can be like that, that it's this thing that we have. It's hanging in our cupboard, but we never actually put it on. See, it's one thing to know that faith has an action to it, but we've got to actually do something with it. We've got to put it on. Faith is not just something that we believe. It's something that we have to live through. But this morning, I hope that we can see that faith is something that we should and we can put on every single day. So how do we put this faith into practice? What does this faith do for us? How do we live this thing differently to possibly how we've been living it without it just simply hanging in our wardrobe? And I want to start with this, and this is pretty much my main point, and it's simply this, that faith sees the finish. Faith sees the finish that's before us. See, we said that faith is a trust, it's a a hope, it's a belief that even though I can't see it yet, even though it hasn't happened I'm trusting in that what God said will happen, he will see it to pass. Not in my time, but on his time. And so because of that, I'm choosing to stand on God's word and live these things out. But faith sees the finish. In Hebrews 12, as we just read, it says that Jesus, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. That is, he, he saw the finish. He was able to go through the stuff because he saw the finish that was ahead. In Hebrews 11, over and over, it says that the, these great men and women of faith were looking forward to the prize. They had their eye on what was ahead. They knew something greater was still ahead for all of them. They knew that this faith that you and I possess has to look past just today. It's got to look past just the situation that we find ourselves in now. Faith sees it before you actually see it. And faith has the ability to see the finish before we've even started. Because you see, while you and I are restricted in time, God is outside of time. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. There is no limit of time to God. And so for us to be building our faith on what we can see in the future. This isn't just wishful thinking. Faith is the sure foundation that God can already see it. And he lets us know what he's leading us towards. 
But our challenge is that we can't see past this moment, and often we can't see past our feelings right now. And so living by faith takes more trust than we're willing to give sometimes. But Hebrews says that Jesus, he endured the cross, he endured the shame, he endured the beating and everything else that was thrown at him. How can someone endure being whipped for something that they didn't do, being punished for a crime that they never committed? hung on a cross and could have got down at any moment in time during that whole ordeal if he wanted to. How does someone endure all of that stuff? Well, I'll tell you, it's because he saw the finish. He saw what lay ahead for him and he saw what lay ahead for us. You know, for us, sometimes seeing the finish can be the greatest motivation to carry on going, even though the time that you're in at the moment is a hard time. Being able to see the finish is sometimes all the motivation that we need to walk through something. It said that in Hebrews 12, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with almost anything. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. You see, faith sees the finish. In the natural, we see the pain. We see the frustration. We see the hard part. But faith sees the finish. Faith sees the fulfillment of the promise that God has for your life. Just think of Noah. We read it just so easily. By an act of faith, Noah built a boat. That's great. That's cool. It sounds nice until you look really close at the story. It's, it's phenomenal. We don't know how long it actually took Noah to build the ark. But we know for sure that he had to labor really hard to see it completed. He had to travel to find the materials. There wasn't a Bunnings around the corner from where Noah lived. It was a lot of hard work. He was collecting the wood. It was building it. It was working tirelessly day after day. He had to work hard. He had to dedicate his time to it. No one understood what he was doing and why he was giving so much of his life towards this thing. You know, between God speaking to Noah and the actual flood, it was 120 years, the Bible says. 120 years. Now, again, we don't know how long it took him to build the ark. Maybe it took him 119 years and nine months, and then there was just three months before the rain came. Maybe that was it. that's a long time to build a boat. Maybe he completed it in a year, and then he had 119 years to wait with an ark in his backyard. <laughs> When's the rain coming? Every day, walking out, looking at this ark, going, did I waste my time? Can you imagine going through that year after year, the hard work, being ridiculed for building something because God said to do it, but nobody else believed what he had said? And then the waiting, the years of waiting. Did I really hear from God? Did he really mean what he said? Is it ever going to happen? But faith sees the finish. What about the things that God has asked you to build? Can I encourage you, don't stop just because you can't see it yet. Don't bail out because others can't see what God has promised to you and asked you to do. Don't quit because it hasn't happened yet. Have faith because faith sees the finish. Faith looks beyond what the natural sees and looks to the finish of what God can see for your life. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race that we're in, it says. If you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to know that there is a great reward for your obedience. 
there is great reward for your obedience. And we've got to see past this moment. We've got to look past the things that we can see in the natural. And the only way that we can do that is with seeing with faith the finish that God is calling us to. God, I'm trusting you even though nobody else can see it. God, I'm believing in faith even though I don't have all the promises that you have made to me yet. But I'm stepping out in faith, believing that you see the finish and in faith seeing the finish for ourselves. I know that my relationships look rocky today, but I see what you're going to do to restore those relationships to what you want them to be. I know my addiction has got the better of me right now, but I'm believing in faith that you're leading me to a wholeness and a, and a fullness in you without the need to try and fill my life with other things. I know my job at the moment isn't what I thought it was, would be, but I know that if I'm faithful with the little, God, you will provide me with the much. Faith sees the finish beyond what we see in the natural. Faith gives you eyes to see past what you see today. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is a finish line. There is an end. There is a reward full of promise for us all. But we've got to step into these things. We've got to step these things out. And faith is in the process of the journey. Faith isn't the end. Faith's in the process of this journey. Faith isn't the thing that we end up with. Faith is living it out until the finish of the promise. You don't need faith at the end. You need it in the midst. You don't need faith on the other side of it. You need it while you're in the middle of it. See, you don't need faith when you get to the end and God has opened these amazing doors of opportunity and provision for you. But what about when you're working two jobs halfway through the journey just to pay the bills and you can't see the end. It's easy to say, I've got faith when your marriage is strong. But what happens when you find yourself struggling and the things are rocky and everything in the natural points toward this being at the end and it being over? It's easy to say, I've got faith when the kids are doing well and they're following God. But what happens when they don't come home at night? What happens when they make choices that break your heart? It's easy to say, I've got faith when you're well and you're healthy, but what happens when the doctor's report comes back negative? When the things that you thought you were over come back again? See, this is where faith has got to see the finish because faith has to give you eyes to see past what you see in the natural today. It is our confident hope that God's word will prove to be true, even though everything in the natural world and what we see in the natural goes counter to what God said. It's our confident hope that says, maybe if I just continue to live this thing out, then we'll be able to see something different to what everybody else is saying it's going to turn out to be. It's our confident hope that helps us to step into day two. See, on day one, I imagine for Noah... On day one, he would have been so excited about all the promises that God had said and God had spoken to him. But what about day two? Day two, he would have had to fall back on his confident hope. See, day one it would have been, no, I want you to build an ark. Fantastic, God, that's awesome. What is an ark? I have no idea, but I'm with you. You're speaking to me. I like this. We're going to do it. I'm all for it. Let's do this thing. See, often when God speaks, we get motivated and then real life hits us. Build an ark. Yeah, fantastic. I'm going to do this. The next day, build a what? <laughs> build an ark? How the heck am I going to do this? 
When God said it, we're all like, yeah, this is awesome. But suddenly we think about it and we go, hang on a second. This is a whole lot harder than I thought it was going to be. When we have to start walking it out, when we have to start doing the hard work, when, when the ridicule comes, when we have to start pulling things together, and then we kind of go, well, hang on a second. This isn't as exciting as it was the first day I heard about it. See, when we lose sight of the finish line, it's very easy for us to get disillusioned, to get discouraged, and to get distracted. Can I tell you the enemy's number one tool against you is distraction? His biggest tool against you is distraction. It's not that he can actually take away what God said. He can't do that. God said it. He can't take away the fact that God said it, but he can distract you from really believing what God said. See, God's promises stand firm. The question is, are we willing to trust God at his word despite the distractions that come along? Are we willing to trust him in the process, even when it doesn't feel like it in the natural? But faith sees the finish. Faith looks beyond just the present. Faith is in the process towards the end goal. Faith is more than just believing that God's got a great plan for you. It's living it out until the finish of that plan. In this room right now, we have such a variety of people. People who've been in church for a long time and those who've only recently started to come to church. We've got babies, we've got families, we've got grandparents, we've got married couples, we've got singles, we've got singles who wish they were married, we've got married who wish they were singled. We've got a whole bunch of different people in this room. We've got people who are doing financially well, we've got people who are struggling. We got people from families that look like they have been perfectly put together. We got people from blended families, from single uh, parent families, dysfunctional families. Don't put your hand up if that's you. (laughs) We're all dysfunctional. Let's go with that. All these different people, all these different walks. But one thing that we all have in common is that God has given us all a measure of faith. In Romans 12, Paul's talking about how we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And, he said, and it's interesting because he says to evaluate ourselves, let's use this really interesting yardstick. He says, measure yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Measure yourselves because we've all been given a measure of faith. And so there's no higher or lower. If we measure ourselves by the measure of faith that God has given us, we're all equal. God has given us all a measure of faith. But sometimes there's this natural tendency to assume that faith is reserved for the special people. For the people that God loves more than the other people around or for the people who are better than the rest. That that faith is for the select few people. But when you read Hebrews 11, you realize, well, wait a minute. This list of great men and women of faith includes a murderer, a prostitute, an adopted kid, a liar and a cheat, a nervous wreck. In fact, God uses the very least qualified in our natural eyes. But they all carried a measure of faith. See, we've all been given a measure of faith, but that faith needs to be developed. We need to develop our faith. We need to strengthen our faith. So you know the story, Jesus in the boat with the disciples and they're going across from one side to the other and this great storm comes upon them. Wind and waves and things are going crazy and the disciples are fearful and they think they're going to dry and there we find Jesus asleep in the boat. I love that picture. 
Jesus catching some Z's while the disciples are panicking for their lives. And they wake Jesus up and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? And Jesus wakes up, he looks at the storm and he just tells it to be quiet. And it does. And then he turns to the disciples and he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? In Luke's account of the story, he puts it this way, where is your faith? But those words, little faith, translated actually mean underdeveloped faith. Underdeveloped faith. It doesn't mean that they don't have any faith. It just means that it wasn't developed yet. It wasn't working well yet. What are the areas in your life that you need to develop your faith in? In what situation do you find yourself right now that Jesus would say to you, Hey, you of little faith, not in a condemnatory accusation, but a beautiful encouragement. Hey, what are those areas in your life, in your faith that that are underdeveloped right now that I want to lead you to, that I want to encourage you, that I want to strengthen that faith for you to believe and trust in me in those things? Faith needs to be developed. It doesn't just happen on its own. God gives us a measure of faith, but we need to develop our faith in different areas. What do you need to develop your faith in? Do you need to develop your faith in your purity? Do you need to develop your faith in your determination not to uproot yourself every time that things get hard? Do you need your faith to be developed in your finances and in your generosity? What do you need your faith developed in? What do you need to trust God for and see by faith the finish and do whatever it takes to get there? Could it be that God wants to develop your faith in whatever you're currently facing, just like the disciples in that boat? Could it be that God wants to develop your faith in that situation that you find yourself currently in because down the road there's a bigger opportunity coming your way that God is preparing you for by helping you to develop your faith right now? That there is a huge thing coming up where he wants your faith to be strong so that you can step into the great grand promise that he has for you with a confidence knowing he brought me through that. My faith was strengthened and developed through that situation and that season and now I can step with confidence into this great plan that God has for me. Can I say you can be the great... You can be the dad that God is calling you to be. You can be the mum that he's called you to be. You can be used at the level that God wants to use you to. You can, but it takes developed faith. You can make it to the fulfillment of that dream that God has placed in your heart. It just takes developed faith. You are a valuable asset to God in spite of everything that you've ever done, in spite of your natural limitations. God wants to use you in a powerful way. But God is wanting you to get a firm foundation in your faith. To not just allow faith to be something that hangs in the wardrobe that we only put on every so often, but something that you live out every single day, even when it is tough. Which leads me to my final thought. Musicians, please come. And that is this, that faith doesn't quit. Faith doesn't quit. You know, all these men and women in Hebrews 11 that we read, you read through that passage, these people had every opportunity to quit. And they had every opportunity to quit. I'm pretty sure that in year 58, when Noah had built the ark and there was an opportunity to quit, I'm pretty sure that there were moments of close calls for all of them where they would have said, you know what, it's just too hard. 
I'm sure there were times for Sarah and Abraham holding on to the promise of a child where they came close to saying, you know what, it's just not worth it. It's not happening yet. I think we just give up on this dream. At the end of Hebrews 11, it goes on and tells all these people who endured torture, endured abuse, the whips, being thrown in jail, even martyred for their belief. And I'm sure I can guarantee at times for all of these great men and women of faith, there were times when they felt, this is just too hard. This is just too hard. In your faith, there will always be opportunities for you to quit. The enemy will try and speak those kind of thoughts into your heart. Just quit on your marriage. Just just quit. It, it, it looks over, so just quit. Just give up. It's too hard. Just give up. Just quit trying to have that relationship with your child. It's, it's too far gone. Just quit that church. Just quit trying to fix relationships. Just quit trying to do what's right. Just quit already. It's, it's just too hard. Just quit waiting for God. Quit being so patient because it's not going to happen. Just quit trying to be honorable. Just quit on God's purpose for your life. It's been years already, so why don't you just quit already? Quit trying to wait for the right one. Quit trying to live past that addiction that you have. Quit trying to give up that parasite of sin that keeps sucking the life out of you. Anytime that we say that we are going to stand on God's promises, there is always going to be an opportunity for you to quit. But faith says, I can't quit. Faith says, I can't quit. Faith doesn't quit because faith sees the finish line. And it says, come hell or high water, I believe that God's word will prove to be true, that it will accomplish all that it was sent out to do and it will not return void. Faith says, I'm taking God at his word and his promise, no matter how long it takes for the breakthrough to happen. So even though everything surrounding me says one thing, my faith says something else, and I can't quit because faith doesn't quit. Faith doesn't quit. The last part of Hebrews 12 that we read, when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over the story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility that Jesus plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. I'll be honest, every time that I feel like quitting, I remember the old me who went to a church camp 20 years ago. And had it not been for the love of Jesus, I would not be standing here today. So when I feel like my faith is flagging, I just remember all that Jesus did on the cross for me. And if he could do it for me, he can do it for anybody. And so I can't quit. Not now, not ever. His story, the story of his grace in my life is that shot of adrenaline for my soul when I'm feeling weary. You want a shot of adrenaline in your soul? Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. Think about how Jesus took a chance on you and nobody else would. Think of all that Jesus has brought you through thus far. Think of how Jesus turned your life around. Think about how Jesus met you in the very place that you were. When you were broken, when you were still breaking His law, He found you where you were at. Think of all that He's brought you out of. 
Go over the story. Go over the long list. Go over it item by item, miracle by miracle, breakthrough by breakthrough, act of love by act of love. Not only did he do it all for you, but he went through it all while being beaten and mocked. He hung on a cross and he saw you while he was on that cross. And even though he could have got off that cross at any time, he said, I can't quit right now. I have to be able to utter these words. It is finished because he saw the finish. He saw the finish of the church. He saw the finish of your story. And he said, I'm not getting down off of this cross until it is finished. Because faith doesn't quit. Faith sees the finish. Faith is the substance for you to keep going. Faith is the substance for you to live a God-honoring life. Faith is the substance that keeps you from walking back to those things that you used to do and encourages you to take on that new nature that He has won for you. Faith doesn't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. And let me say this, faith is for you, but it's not only about you. Faith is for you, but it's not only about you. Someone needs you not to quit. Somebody needs you not to quit. Mom, dad, your kids need you not to quit. Spouse, your partner needs you not to quit. Come on, we cannot quit. There are nieces and nephews, cousins and uncles, friends and workmates, people all around you that need you not to quit. Because the finish is still ahead. Greater is yet to come. You haven't reached the end yet. The promise isn't fulfilled yet. So don't quit yet. Quitting might seem like the easy option, but it's just a shortcut back to where you left from. You can't quit on God's dream because it's not over yet. You can't quit on God's promise and His purpose because it's not fulfilled yet. There is so much still ahead for you. Don't quit. Don't stop. So what does this mean? What well, says it in Hebrews 12. It means we better get on with it. We better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We both began finished this race that we're in. Another translation says, keep your eye on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Your faith may not be perfect right now, but Jesus is the one who perfects it because he leads us through these times where we keep our eyes on the finish, where we don't quit and we don't stop short, when we keep pushing through and we develop our faith season after season, experience after experience, he perfects our faith inside of us so that we can reach the prize that he has won for us already. Don't quit. Don't quit. Why don't you bow your heads this morning? This week as I've been preparing, I've just had very heavy on my heart that there are those today who can really find yourself in Hebrews 12, that you find yourselves flagging in your faith, that you find yourselves weary of the process, you find yourselves finding it hard to keep going. 
possibly that's because you've been distracted. Because the enemy's got inside of your thoughts and he's whispered his lies to you saying, just, just give up. It's not going to happen. It's been too long. You're too far gone. It was just a dream. It wasn't from God. You didn't hear him right. Maybe you heard him right, but the things that you've done in your past have disqualified you from that promise. Those are lies. And you've been distracted. Maybe that's what's caused your faith to flag is that you've been distracted. Maybe you've taken your eyes off of the finish. You know exactly what God's called you to. You know what it looks like, but you've taken your eyes off of the finish line. You've caused the current situation you find yourself to determine the level of faith you have for the promise that God has for you. And you've taken your eyes off of the finish line. Perhaps it's in an area where Jesus would say to you, Oh, you have little faith. Oh, you have underdeveloped faith. You've got the faith inside of you now. Let me stir it up on the inside. Let me strengthen it. Let me lead you. Let me develop this faith inside so that you can see past the current situation. You can see past the limitations in your life. You can be, see past the distractions and the things that would hinder you. And you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is for you and not against you. That He has a plan and a purpose for you. That He's leading you through it. And that your faith sees the finish. If that is you, everyone, everyone's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just me. I want to pray for you. And I want to ask you to do something quite brave today. If that is you and you find yourself today with your faith is flagging, don't you want to stand where you are right now? You find yourself struggling with where you're at. Your faith is flagging. Day one, you're excited about the promise that God made to you. Day two, you questioned it and started doubting. Who knows how long that journey you are now, day 50, day 100, two years, three years, and you haven't seen the fulfillment of it, and your faith is flagging in that situation, and you ask yourself, did I really hear from God? Is it really God speaking? Is it really a plan from God? Will it ever come to pass? Have I disqualified myself? And you find yourself with your faith that's weak and flagging. This morning, my prayer is that as you look to Jesus, as you look to the things that God has done for you in the past, if you remember the cross and the work that He did for you, how He endured it all because He looked forward with faith to the finish. He didn't quit. He didn't stop short. He accomplished it all. He said, When He said, it is finished, that is what He meant. It is finished. There is no more limitation. There is no hindrance. He's got a plan for you. Faith doesn't Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone who's standing here this morning. Those, Lord God, who if they're honest today would say, I find myself where my faith is quite weak at the moment in certain areas. My faith is flagging. I believed you and I stood, took a step of faith, but I haven't seen it happen yet. And now doubt has come in, distractions come in, disillusionments come in. Lord God, I pray that you would speak into their hearts that you would stir their faith up once again, Lord God, that their faith would look beyond the current circumstance they find themselves in and would look to the finish, that their faith would know that this is a journey that I'm on, but faith is meant to be in the journey. Faith isn't at the end. 
And so as you take a step of faith, as I believe again, as I wake up the next day, the next day believing that their faith would be stirred, they'd be encouraged, Lord God, that you are not done yet. You have not finished yet. Your word that goes out will not return to you void. It will accomplish that which it was sent forth. And Lord God, the promises and the and the desires that they've placed in their heart, Lord God, you will see them to completion. And Lord, I pray that you would develop their faith right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd work in their hearts and in their lives. Lord God, that their ears be shut off to the distractions and the lies of the enemy and that their eyes will be fixed on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord God, we stand with them today. Lord, even as it says at the end of Hebrews 11, together we stir our faith together. The stories of incredible men and women who went before and did acts of faith. Lord God, we put our faith with theirs because this story is not finished yet. For everyone who's standing here today, their story is not finished yet. You are not done yet. Help them not to quit, Lord God. Help them not to stop short, Lord God. Help them to run this race with endurance. Help them to throw off those things that would easily hinder them and hold them back and run with a perseverance, run with a confidence, run with a heart full of the knowledge that you go with them and you have set the finish line in place. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for the testimonies that are going to come of these acts of faith that lead to incredible breakthrough. We thank you for your goodness, Lord God. In Jesus' name.